putting too much stock in your own business can be it can be a slippery slope. Uh, it can definitely create wealth, uh, but you got to be careful that it's not the only thing that creates wealth. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Glad to have you back on Perfect Game Retirement. I am Ben George, along with Ryan Ledden, President and Financial Coach at Black Oak Asset Management. You'll find them serving the Atlanta area. They have offices in Alpharetta and Cartersville, and they work with business owners quite a bit. And that's what we're talking about today, because I think with business owners, many times it's very difficult to think retirement planning because you're, you're worried about so many other things. There's so much on your plate. You're pouring your energy and time into keeping the business growing and, and taking care of employees if you have them, taking care of yourself and your family, that maybe you don't have enough time to think about your future and putting money away. So we want to talk about some, some tips and some things you can do and, and some misconceptions and stuff that's involved with uh, being a business owner and planning for retirement because it is possible. We want to help you with that today. So Ryan, welcome in. Is this, um, with business owners, is this something you find a lot that you know, they, they maybe struggle with retirement planning and just thinking long-term because they're so focused on the business? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's awesome working with business owners because there's so many different ways to structure a business and to uh, get benefits for your employees. If you do have some, obviously myself being a small business owner, I am certainly no expert, but I know a heck of a lot more uh, three years into this as a business owner than I did before. But just being able to relate to those business owners, the planning opportunities that they can have, their ideal clients because they don't have time throughout the day to be worrying about the retirement planning standpoint. They are too busy trying to generate revenue for the business, usually um, hopefully making it profitable, which we'll get into today. But again, just keeping that engine running. And so taking that retirement piece off their plate, if you will, is, is huge for us. And, and I know I outsource certain things that I just don't have time for. Uh, I have a great CPA firm. They take a lot of this stuff off my plate, whether it's bookkeeping, payroll, filing my taxes, doing uh, payroll taxes. I mean, it's, I could do that. I could do that, but I mm -hmm. don't want to, and I don't have time. So, so that's kind of a little bit of foreshadowing, saying some things we'll talk about today. But a lot of good planning opportunities with business owners. Yeah, we don't talk business owners as much. So I'm looking forward to this conversation and and kind of hearing your perspective on it as a business owner, and and kind of how you help people out with that. But before we get started, I want to hop into a headline um, because you know I think the market continues to be a subject that a lot of people are curious about. Uh, excited about, also nervous about, because it just seems like this, the market doesn't really react uh, to any anything that's really happening on any particular day. It doesn't seem like. Why, why is that? Help people uh, kind of understand what we're dealing with with the market right now. It is it is a little bit of a quandary when you when you do see some of the things that uh, that are going on right now and. You know, as the recording of this uh, show, obviously we recently had all these issues with with GameStop and AMC and how that drove prices up. And for some people, they're like, "What is a derivative? What are options? I have no idea what's going on with that." And it can be confusing. But then you come out, you hear about data uh, from whether it's unemployment. Uh, sometimes you see the unemployment 
rates continuing to go up, but yet the market goes up. You're like, wait a minute, what, what in the world? Why, why yeah. is that doing that? And sometimes the reverse was happening during our, our last presidency before COVID hit. Sometimes there were, uh, you know, unemployment would hit its lowest rate ever, and then boom, market would go down. So sometimes right. the market is just so emotional that it sometimes doesn't make sense on what the fundamentals are that are going on right now. And you're right. I mean, we're still, it seems like every day we hit some kind of new market high, and which I get, it makes people, some people uneasy, but Again, I, I'm I'm an optimist when it comes to this sort of stuff. Yes, there's going to be corrections in the market. Could we be having one soon? Sure. I don't know. I don't hmm. have a crystal ball. But it's funny how some people, they're nervous because it's so high, but then they're nervous when it goes down. Yeah. It's like, well, when are you not going to be nervous? <laughs> you know, there's never 100% comfort. That's the risk and return reward that, that we have. And if you don't like risk, then that's okay. That's perfectly fine. But you just need to know right now your reward is very small. We're just in a low interest rate environment. So we're in a very different time. It's not like you can park your money in a in a six-month CD and get four or five percent. That just doesn't exist right now. Could it happen again? Sure. Uh, interest rates are going to have to change for that to happen, but it could happen. And so, the, yeah, there is a lot of um, kind of oxymoronical news out there. You hear one thing and then the market does this and some people think, oh my gosh, you know, we still have, you know, unemployment issues, but the market keeps doing what it's doing. Well, there is a lot of unemployment out there and there are um, small businesses that are going away. And I just had this kind of talk with some of my clients that the, the smaller, maybe family owned businesses, you see a lot more of those going away versus the, the big time uh, corporations. Well, from a just a market standpoint and your account statement standpoint, those seem to be doing really well because those bigger companies that have almost benefited from this COVID thing that we're going through, their bottom lines continue to go up. And those are the companies that you're investing in. It's not the the small business owners, again, not to sound crude at all, but those, they don't have stock. Those are just, they are providing for their families and their employees. And again, it's very, very unfortunate. But again, I'm, I'm solely talking about your 401k statement or your IRA statements or your brokerage account statements that they seem to just keep chugging along uh, because people still need to spend money and do things. And now we're talking about another stimulus package that could uh, potentially go through as the recording of this. It has not yet, but it's, it's definitely a, a hot button topic right now. They're saying that could pump you know, more money into the economy and, and maybe increase GDP by 4 or 5% by the end of the year. So is that a house of cards? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I don't Usually things like that, they have a lingering effect. So we don't know what happens till a long period of time um, until afterwards. But so who knows? Uh, so it, it is a little bit of a funny, funny situation that we're in with headlines. And sometimes it just doesn't line up with the stock market does. Yeah, it's it's been really, it really interesting to watch the last year. And, and I think for a lot of people, it doesn't make sense. But if you have questions about it or you feel uncomfortable about your positions, maybe, want to look at other options that don't have as much risk attached to them. Um, someone like Ryan can help you with that. Rely, rely on a professional to, to build a plan, but have a plan. I mean, I think that's that's most important. Have a plan with your investments so that you are comfortable with where you're heading. You're not worried about the day-to-day -day ups and downs because they're going to continue. And I'm sure there's going to be a big downturn at some point, you know, kind of on the back end of all this. It's just a matter of time. But 
Yeah, and I tell people that same thing. Like, there's going to be a correction. I'm not like a dooms doomsdayist. Um, there's going to be a correction. It's just how long and how deep is that correction going to be? But it goes back to diversify, diversify, diversify. I mean, it's it's so cliche, but people chase returns and they move away from what's not doing well. And a perfect example of that in 2020 was obviously large cap US companies. So when I say large cap, that means your big household names of corporations out there. They did awesome in <laughs> 2020 from a um, market perspective or a stock perspective. And for a while, international and small US small companies were lagging way behind. And knock on wood, <laughs> The last like six months, small cap returns are insane uh, from from yeah. how good they're doing. Same thing with international. So you can't chase returns. You can't just base everything on the 500 biggest companies in America. Everybody wants to quote that index. There's just so much more to it um, from a diversification and a balance standpoint. So you can't you can't chase it because it could be a completely different year in 2021. Of who who outperforms who? Did you have any GameStop stock? <laughs> I did not mess with that stuff. <laughs> Do you speak about ch chasing returns? I'm, I can't imagine how many people just kind of bought into that thinking, let me ride this ride. And then now oh, yeah. you, a couple weeks later, you're like, oh man, what did some I just do? Are, uh, some people are experts and then some people uh, are not from the fallout of that. And, and when it comes to you know our relationships with our clients, they already know that's not, we're not partaking in that. Uh, yeah. It's too risky if they want to do a little side hustle account and do that stuff. Fine, but I'm not. I'm <laughs> not mixing in with that at all. Cannot blame you there. That's very smart. For uh, hopefully everybody kind of followed your advice or had somebody they were talking to that could talk them out of that if they wanted to. But let's get into our conversation today on business owners. Um, I think this is an important one, and we want to help. You know, the goal is to kind of help business owners just be aware that maybe there are some misconceptions, or maybe you've assumed some things about your retirement that maybe aren't completely true. And we want to make sure that you're not putting yourself in a, in a bad position later in life when you get there and realize, oh man, I thought I was going to be taken care of, but I'm actually not. So we're going to run through a few things today to kind of help clear up some of these common misconceptions. And, and, and Ryan, obviously, as a business owner, can provide a lot of perspective on this, both from the business owner side, but also from the planning side. So the first one, um, I think a lot of people just kind of assume as business owners is, look, if I execute my business plan, my retirement plan is just going to be taken care of. Yeah, very common misconception there. It's It should be a thought, but obviously not the only thought they do have. Yes, they're pouring their heart and soul into their own business. They want to grow it um, and then sell it one day. I mean, that's what that's what most business owners want to do or hand it off to a family member, whatever it may be. And I know we're going to talk about that here shortly, but focusing too much on the day-to-day -day and not kind of taking yourself out of the business a little bit and working, you know, on the business and not in the business. You hear that terminology a lot, it's, you know, working, working uh, in the business, you get caught up in the minutia every single day, problems, fires you got to put out, but working on your systems, working on your processes and, creating profit, that's what makes that's what makes your planning a whole lot easier easier. Not revenue. It's it's your profit. And I'm gonna plug Dan Capril, uh, who's my mentor. So I have a coach, um, which has is been the the best money I've ever spent from a business standpoint. It was one of the first things I did when I took over the business in 2017, never run a business in my entire life. And I knew, okay, I've always been an advisor and a producer, but I've never run a business and I got to hire somebody that knows what they're doing, not me. And so that's where I 
sunk a lot of money in, but it is, I don't even know what the factorial as far as how much that has profited me in doing that. So Dan uh, is an advisor coach. He's starting to branch out into other areas of business, but specifically uh, financial advisors. I think he's getting into the attorney world and CPA world maybe. But anyway, so if having systems and processes set up allows you to take home more profit, which allows you to save more money. But if you're just a hamster in a wheel and you're just continuing to run in, in place and you're just worried about revenue, 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 and then you're like, oh my gosh, we had a million dollars in revenue and I feel like I'm broke. That's very common for business owners. So being able to spend that money strategically so you have some profit, some bottom line to be able to save and to take home to pay off debt or whatever that may be. So yes, I think people get too focused on, oh, you know, I'm going to have this buyer for my business one day and they're going to swoop in and pay me X number of dollars and boom, there's my, there's my retirement nest egg. It doesn't always pan out like that. Uh, you know, sometimes it does, but there's many times that because you put your heart and soul into it, it's kind of like your own home. You know, you want to sell it for a certain amount. And someone comes in and goes, yeah, your house is not worth that. You kind of get offended. You're like, wait a minute, <laughs> this is, this is my house. It should be worth this. Well, some people don't have that emotional connection to it. It's very similar to a, to a small business owner. Some people may say, Hey, I like that business, but they may not have the um, the affinity for it, but they want to purchase it and it may not have the value when you look at the numbers. So if you have a lar large amount of profit, okay, you may be able to get that sticker price that you want for your business. But if it's just a revenue number, that ain't going to cut it. Yeah. And that kind of takes us to that second thing we, you know, on our list today was it's about, you know, a lot of times owners will not put as much money in the bank, just assuming that, Hey, you know, my nest egg is my business. There's there's the value here that I know is there. And when I'm done, I can and sell it. But you, know, you talked about maybe means more to you, but I think there's other factors too that, you know, maybe the whatever business you're doing, those prices can change over time, right? But also I think when you're the business owner, you're putting so much time into your own business that maybe you kind of fail to factor in your contribution to it and what I mean by that is somebody might come in and say, oh, well, I'm not, I can't run it like he's running it. I'm going to have to hire somebody. So that's another expense. So maybe the value comes down even a little bit more than that. So just, I guess the bottom line is you really can't just assume that your business is going to be your nest egg. You have to focus on building a separate bank account, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Because you can't just solely rely on that. I, we we work with a, an, an independent firm who evaluates uh, people's businesses. And more times than not, that number comes back lower than what the business owner is uh, anticipating. And again, doesn't happen all the time, but I've seen it more times than not that they think, you know, they Google, what's my, what's my business worth? Oh, three times, you know, three times gross revenue, four times gross revenue, one times gross revenue. It just depends. But most people are going to look at the profit Again, gross uh, does not matter. If you gross a million bucks and you spend 1.1 million, you're, you're in the hole. That doesn't matter. So it's, it's more about profit uh, is, is the key to selling a business. And again, that profit creates opportunities outside of your own business. Again, whether that is to pay debt off quicker, maybe you bought a book of business, um, which is what I did, bought a book of business and taking those profits, not putting them in my back pocket, but paying that book of business off. So it may be very similar to another business owner, or maybe they had to take out a loan 
to uh, get started. And so they need to pay those debtors off, or maybe they got silent partners, or maybe they raise capital, whatever that may be. You want to free yourself of that. So the, the profits are all yours, which allows you again, to, to do other things with it. So you want to diversify. I mean, I think owning your own business is great, but you need to diversify just from a, from an asset standpoint is putting it into investments, whether that's a 401k plan or a simple IRA plan for you and your employees or you and your spouse, if it's just a family owned business, and then maybe even think about another bucket of real estate. So there's, there's, there's ways to diversify, not just from investments, but what streams of income that you do have coming in. Maybe it's a business, maybe it's real estate, maybe it's your uh, retirement bucket and the different accounts that you do have that's going to create that income uh, one day when you do get to retirement on top of social security. So putting too much stock in your own business can be, it can be a slippery slope. Uh, it, can, it can definitely create wealth, uh, but you got to be careful that it's not the only thing that creates wealth. Yeah. And, you know, we, t- we talk about the value of your business, maybe not being quite as much as you anticipated. What if you aren't able to sell your business. What if you have problems with that outright selling of your business? I mean, what this, I guess, is a very legitimate possibility for a lot of people. What what are the options at that point for for business owners in in the retirement if they're not getting that that cash flow in from the business? Yeah, another plug for for Dan Caprill. He's got me brainwashed um, in a good way, but. and his thing is, if you run a profitable business that has systems and processes put in place that doesn't require you to be there 24-7, why would you sell it? Like right. just, it's a cash cow and keep that generating income. And I've seen that where it's happened uh, for small business owners. And again, my, my wife being in the in the veterinary world, I've seen business owners who own their own uh, clinic and they don't work all the time. They have other people, they have other technicians, other doctors in there running it, and it's a it's a cash cow. And so why would that person sell it for a large lump sum and trigger this huge taxable event if they only have to be there one or two days a week and it still creates the income that you need? So that I'm kind of from the other end of that. Now, not saying you can't ever sell it or hand it off to someone else because there needs to be a secession plan. That's That's being irresponsible if you don't have a secession plan whether it's a buy-sell agreement, a key man policy as far as life insurance goes. Sometimes, you know, like if something had happened to me, God forbid, my wife does not want to run a financial planning business. Um, <laughs> so you need to have those plans in place, kind of like our previous podcast that we talked about, you know, kind of thinking of the worst. You do have to think of the worst uh, of something happening. But once you have that plan in place, okay, check that box and, and move on. But if you run a profitable business and it doesn't require you to be there all the time, it's automated with obviously technology. There's so much you can do that does not require you to be in the office every single day. I think COVID has fast forwarded that for a lot of businesses, but I still think there's a long way to, to go for some. But why would you sell it uh, if you enjoy it now, if you don't enjoy what you're doing and it's causing you stress and health reasons and health concerns, excuse me, then, okay, maybe you need to sell it. But if you enjoy what you do and it's profitable, why would you sell it? Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned uh, secession plan. Let's, let's close out with that because I think a lot of business owners maybe just assume the assumption is, hey, my family's going to take over the business. I'm going to pass it on to them. And then they're going to run it as well as I have through the years. And on top of that, they'll take care of me because I'm their dad and I've started the business or I'm their mother and I started the business, right? But those transitions can be really tough because A, they might not want to do it. And B, do they have the same passion and drive that got the business to that point that you had? Will they still have that to carry it on? Yeah, those are 
all excellent, great points because it doesn't always translate. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it can be a, a smooth transition, but it, more times than not, it's it's not because you're right. They didn't they didn't see the the hours that you put in on the front end to to get this thing up and running and to be successful and profitable and. They, they may not have the heart and soul into it. It may not be something they want to do. They may be felt like they're forced into doing it. So I haven't had many of those conversations. My kids are 10 and 6, so um, I'm not having to worry about that yet. But I do kind of kid around with my 10-year-old. I'm like, yeah, Lindy, you're going to you gonna be an advisor with Daddy and, and take over the business? And uh, she kind of laughs. But, uh, you know, if I had to put my money on it, I would say no. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um my son the other day, it's funny you mentioned this, he was just in the car and we were talking about having like a job or something one day and he was like, I want to do what you do. I want to I want to work with you. That's the first time he's ever said that. Now again, he's six, so I right. put no stock in that whatsoever, <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, he's, uh, uh, he's, he's a very charismatic kid, so he may be very, very good at it meeting with people, but I don't know how he would be as a as a business owner. So for me, um, that's not even in the cards right now. Uh, that's a decision for gosh, 15, 20 years down the road, potentially. So that's something I focus on the team that I have now. Uh, what does that look like uh, moving forward? But definitely not from a family standpoint, but it's definitely a thought. Uh, you build something up and you're proud of it and you'd like to kind of help your kids out and, and lead them down a successful path, but it doesn't always translate. Doesn't mean they're going to run it just like you did, but I think expectations have to be set and it has to be very clear and if, if your kids or family members can't separate the business side and the family side, then it's probably not going to be successful. So you're not building your retirement plan around your son taking over the business? Nope. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I love him. But uh, yeah, way, way too soon to, to tell on that. Um, maybe he can, uh, he keeps talking about being a police officer. So I'm like, okay, maybe do that. Of course, mama don't want that. But uh, anyway. He's still a kid. They talks about being a baseball player and a firefighter and a cop. So I'm like, okay, we'll yeah, see. He'll probably change his mind a few times along the way. Yeah. But um, bottom line, though, is is it's important to be thinking about your retirement beyond the, the business and outside of the business because you invest so much time. It is important to you. Obviously, we understand that, and and Ryan knows that firsthand. You know, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it, but you might be jeopardizing your future if you don't play pay attention to the retirement planning side of this outside of just building the equity in the business. So. If you wanted to discuss more, again, Ryan is there for you as a retirement coach. You can schedule your retirement coach 360 session online at blackoakam.com. Give him a call as well if you prefer to do that, 470-508-0508, and, uh, and start talking through these things and figure out how you can get your retirement on track and make sure maybe you, maybe you are in a good spot too. Have him review that and see what that looks like. But either way, hopefully this clears up if you're a business owner or know someone that's a business owner. You know, spread the word, let them listen to this and understand kind of some of the risks or some of the misconceptions that are out there for them. All right, let's take a mailbag question here before we close out this episode of Perfect Game Retirement. This question today comes in from Robert. He actually writes in from Knoxville, which is pretty cool. Which is better, to max out your Roth 401k or Roth IRA? I'm in my mid-30s and already getting the 401k matched from my employer and then adding an additional 5% on top of that in my Roth 401k. Should I put the remainder of my retirement savings into a Roth IRA or more toward the Roth 401k? I probably can't max out both. So should I do one more than the other or a little bit in each? Does it make a difference? 
very gotcha. in-depth question, but I'm sure you can probably break that, it down That really us. is. It's kind of a long, long-winded question, Robert, but I appreciate it, and I know where you're going with it. So listeners out there, if you're just not sure, um, the, it's relatively new, but 401k plans now, not all, but they do, um, it's under the IRS tax code, they can offer a Roth component to your 401k. Now, that does not mean your employer has a Roth 401k component to it. Please ask your HR person, business owner, whatever. Many times they have it and people don't know about it. So if you do your contributions, it'll, it may not say Roth 401k. It may say after tax and that's Roth money because that's what Roth money is. It's after tax. So people may have access to a Roth 401k and they may be able to do a Roth IRA. Yes, you can do both. Now there's some income thresholds and that changes year to year, but, and it depends on if you're married or if you're single, but if you make too much money, let's just paint a very broad brush here. There's ways to maneuver around this. However, if you make too much money, you can't do a outside Roth IRA. And again, income thresholds change. So I don't want to quote it. You can easily Google search that. And it depends on if you're a single filer or married filing jointly, those income thresholds change. So, but he's saying he's, what'd you say, Robert? Okay, mid-30s. All right, so he's got serious time on his side. Um, he's already putting in his uh, 401k match from his employer. Okay, so if you have a match with your employer, that's always pre-tax, okay? We're not getting around that. That's from your employer. Here's free money for showing up and doing a good job at work. It goes into the pre-tax bucket in your 401k. However, you as an individual can do a Roth 401k, which means you don't get the deduction for the current year you are in, but it grows tax deferred, tax free. And when you pull it out in retirement after the age of 59 and a half, it's tax free. I am very biased toward the Roth 401k because several reasons, but I'll hit on a couple high level ones. There is no income thresholds for a Roth 401k like there is a Roth IRA. You can make a million bucks a year and fully max out your Roth 401k, which for people under the age of 50, which Robert is, he can put $19,500 into a Roth 401k. A Roth IRA, he can only put in $6,000. And again, if Robert makes too much money, he cannot do that Roth IRA where you can put $6,000 in. He just stated he can't max out both. So his main question is, what, what should he do from a contribution standpoint? Well, Robert, it just depends. It depends on how good your 401k plan is. I've seen some awesome 401k plans, and I've seen some terrible 401k plans. Definitely go up to the match. That is a no-brainer. Whatever that match is, go up to the match and then reassess. If it's 6%, if it's 5%, Whatever that may be, whatever your match is, go up to that and then figure out, okay, what kind of plan do I have? What kind of investment options do I have? Which they're going to be limited and that's okay, but limited doesn't mean bad. Um, so I've seen some options that are awesome, some options that are not so awesome. So if you don't have a good plan or maybe you don't know if it's a good plan, that's where another set of eyeballs on your 401k plan would be good or talk to your HR person. There should be some type of an advisory team on your 401k where you can talk to someone about your, your investments. But if it's not a good plan, then if you qualify for a Roth IRA, I would go to that next because your choices are unlimited. 
Now that isn't necessarily always a good thing because it's, you know, maybe too many choices and people don't know what to pick. So I didn't give you a real straight answer, Robert, but it does depend. And it depends on your situation, your income, uh, your 401k plan. Um, I mean, but being able to put $19,500 into a Roth 401k, if you do that every single year and you're in your mid thirties, Robert, um, you're going to be in good shape, man, because <laughs> you'll have extra matching dollars on top of that too. You're going to be, you're going to be in good shape. So you're doing great already. Um, look at it this way. You're not going to make a wrong decision. You just may be able to make a better decision based off of the, the information that you gave us. So it's not a specific answer, Robert, but you're in good shape, but you could definitely, um, around some planning and, and knowing which opportunity is best could make a serious, serious difference in what you're doing. And I'm guessing Robert's probably ahead of the game. You've been asking these questions in your mid thirties, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I That's mean, awesome. There's some, and I tell people that, especially people we get through the Ramsey side. I mean, we, again, we get all walks of life and all ages of people. And I talked to a girl uh, last week and she was 21 and I mean, just like firing questions at me. And I'm like, holy cow, like what? You don't need an advisor. You do, do this on your own. But she wanted help. She's like, no, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. So I'm looking at a girl like that thinking, holy cow, you are so far ahead of everybody else. It's amazing. Yeah. Very good. Thanks for the question, Robert. If you have something on your mind, you can send it in to us. Blackoakam.com is the website. You'll also find our podcast there, all of them archived on the website. Plus, the tax-free retirement toolkit is available. Very, very easy to request that. Ryan and his team will get it out to you. And you can also schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session online right now. So we would appreciate it if you did that. And plus, we'd really be grateful if you subscribe to the podcast. We have two new episodes every single month. We dive into a lot of financial planning conversations, and hopefully educational conversations for you like the one we had today. So Ryan, thanks for uh, going into this business owner side for us. This is, a, uh, I think, an important conversation and, and one I hope, again, people got some value out of. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was definitely uh, near and dear to my heart. So I enjoyed it. But yeah, hopefully it gives people some some things to think about. And um, yeah, look forward to look forward to the next episodes. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.